Listen, there is infinite potential in every bag of trash. This is we have concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. You know, there's, uh, I don't know if you've heard this, Jeff, but um, the environment's not doing great. What? Our environment? Yeah, our environment, like our, our Earth, the environment is apparently not doing great. What? I've been mostly focused on the fact that there is a, a death plague, so, which I just learned about. Oh, Anthony, death plague is so two weeks ago. Now you need to be worried about the rampant and uncontrolled firestorms that are happening all throughout our state. Literal fire nados. Fire nados are a thing now. That's an Ian Zeering movie, right? <laughs> In addition to it being the, a fantastic entry into the Ian Zeering oeuvre, hmm. it is also a thing that is now actually running rampant throughout our state. Uh, so bless us, you know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what's this yeah. about environment? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, a lot of man. I am not going to digress into this. I am not going to digress into the fires. I am not going to digress into our uh, into our idiot president talking about the fires like he knows shit. You know what okay, I am? Good. I am for a second. <laughs> the fact that he was like, maybe we should make them pay for it. Like we don't already. Yeah, you piece of garbage. He pays for everything. Yeah. And he doesn't understand how national and state governments work. We pay for our forest fires. Yes, we do. And we pay for most other states. That's when Mitch McConnell gets up there and is like, well, why why do we got to pay for uh, uh, something that's not happening in our state? Because everyone pays for your dumb ass. Sorry. Yeah, everybody pays for your fucking economically depressed state that you're destroying with your idiot decisions. Yeah. We funnel more money into Kentucky. I swear to God. Okay, this is not a political podcast. This is a science nope. podcast. Yeah. Um, and I came to this science podcast today, Jeff, with good news. Oh, it's been a I'm happy to hear this. It's been a rough week, personally, nationally, internationally, <laughs> and I just wanted to come with some good ass news. Yeah? Are fire nados good for us? Uh, the good news is that the fire nados are s- supposedly will clear up your skin. Oh, I'm so happy. Your adult so acne happy. will go away now that the fire nados are here. In fact, all of your skin will go away. That's the thing. It's gonna. What it is, is it's kind of nature's chemical peel. Uh, no, what I came is, you know, we're, we're really worried about, obviously, uh, global warming, carbon emissions, uh, carbon di- like how are we going to get rid of all of this carbon dioxide and we've been trying right. many many things uh starting with uh, i guess paper straws and yeah. uh how's that working out is it going well i have been using uh my own bag at the grocery store and i think we've just about nailed this thing sweet uh i did forget my bag last week and i think i set us back a little bit but we should be back on track come on man you gotta um, do your part you how gotta many do your part how many paper straws did you did you use in penance? Uh, so many. And I, and I got them caught in my nose as though I was a tortoise just to feel <laughs> like I was being punished properly. Um, wh- listen, this is not what this story is about. You should be doing your part. We should all be living as environmentally consciously as we can. But let us not forget that every campaign to get us to live as environmentally conscious as we can is placing the guilt for the for the environment on the working class which literally does the least damage to the environment remember that 10 companies create 70 percent of all carbon emissions and chemical poisons on this earth and never let them tell you it's because you didn't bring your own straw yeah yeah both things are true right we should also we should all do our part we should all Mm -hmm. do our part but also let's not roll back every goddamn regulation yeah, uh, and let's create some more, thanks. We were on yeah. a good path to creating some more. Uh, yeah. But we're also trying to look for, uh, above and beyond these these political uh, solutions, above and beyond these personal solutions, we're also looking for scientific solutions to these things. Uh, and we've seen a lot of things like, oh, well, we'll install green walls. We'll, you know, we'll try to trawl for for microplastics. We'll try to make sure that we can control the algae, which will help. Like all of these things, yeah. right? Giant mirrors. Giant mirrors. Everything up to and including giant fans in the Arctic, which we covered yeah. before. Yeah. Crazy, crazy crackpot shit to small, uh, practical shit. 
And there's you got to think outside the box, you know, because inside the box, the air is very bad. It's getting we are hot boxing right now. <laughs> exactly. The box is hot and not in the good high school like lunch break way. You know what I mean? Not oh, yes. like the not in like the 15 minutes, 15 minute break from being an usher at the movie theater way. <laughs> like we are hot boxing and we're trying to find really novel solutions to this. One of the things we talked about before was uh, a type of cement, which actually can, uh, can it, it like carbon dioxide adheres to it and sticks inside of it. Uh, yeah. Do you remember when we talked about this? And that was yeah, kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one of these novel solutions that just came out is uh, from the university of Cambridge. And uh, this is a device that is meant to create artificial photosynthesis. Oh, okay. Now, obviously, one of the big issues uh, that is causing global warming and is causing all of this uh, carbon poisoning that's happening is the fact that uh, there is also massive deforestation going on while right. we're creating more pollutants. We need so the processing more- of our CO2 is not happening by nature, so we're going to create an artificial version of the rainforest? Exactly, and it's called the Rainforest Cafe. You can <laughs> now hear me out. Not only, no, I'm with you. Not only is this place going to help with our carbon emissions, but I think it's going to be a destination dining experience for the whole family. <laughs> There's not a formal show. Don't think of it as a dinner theater per se. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is more the active experience of dining inside a rainforest without all of the icky wildlife. I love it. So this will actually save the environment and you can get like 7.99 sliders. Now, that the second is definitely true. The first we are looking into. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, as long as we start with the sliders. Yeah, we're starting with the sliders and the idea of a rainforest. <laughs> and I think that's going to help. Now, what we're also adding is a lot of frightening animatronics. Mm. Uh, it seems like the animatronics are directly working against our goal of being if, environmentally conscious. What if I told you the animatronics are of animals and also you can get a blue margarita in the biggest fucking goblet you've ever seen? Well, I'm in on the margarita. That's for sure. They'll go did great I, with the sliders. Did I also mention it's going to be fucking loud? Like this place is <laughs> fucking loud as shit. Are you Sweet. ready to eat in a restaurant that is just loud as shit for no reason? Yeah, so it's 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 loud <laughs> because the people are trying to talk over the monkey sounds that are being piped in over the yeah, speakers. Yeah, what it is, it's a combination of screeching monkeys, <laughs> fake rain noises, background uh. music, children yelling, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. servers screaming, and then the sound of an open kitchen. <laughs> I love it. This is going to save us, save the planet. Visit the Rainforest Cafe. By the way, we should note that this episode of We Have Concerns was brought to you by the Rainforest Cafe. The Rainforest Cafe will maybe save the planet? The Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> is, there, is it still around? <laughs> yeah. In that's COVID, a, it may not, not even exist huge, anymore. <laughs> I think maybe it hasn't existed for years. Um <laughs> But no, this is not this is not uh, necessarily an artificial rainforest as much as it is um, a, a, a material. This is a standalone device. They call it a device, but it's it's there's nothing active about it. Uh, think of essentially, I don't want to say solar cell, but that is mm-hmm. the closest thing. It is sort of collecting sunlight, mm-hmm. and it is taking sunlight carbon dioxide and water and it turns it into formic acid and formic, <laughs> okay. formic acid is a storable fuel basically okay um, sounds spooky because it has acid in the title but as we all know acid is just the name for a type of thing <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's, i was laughing know? because i was immediately went to oh can we put this on my clothes and then you went it turns it into formic acid and i laughed because oh. <laughs> I wanted uh, I wanted the idea that I could walk around and just create oxygen, but uh, that's not what it creates. It does that's not create not oxygen. Creates. No, the, you were thinking of some sort of globally conscious hypercolor-esque brand. Yeah, I was thinking of like, wear a tree. Let's yeah, wear, wear a, a tree, tr- but we d- hey, we're not wearing a tree. Save the environment, motherfucker. Wear a tree. Um, <laughs> no, this is uh, what this basically does is it's a photo sheet is what they call it because it takes oh. in light, takes in... Um, 
takes in water, takes in carbon dioxide, and gives us this uh, formic acid, which can be used directly in, in many different applications, or it can be converted into hydrogen for fuel. Okay. Uh, and this can be done pretty cleanly. I mean, it's an entirely wireless device. So the idea is it would be, it would be set up and used on energy farms, basically How like big solar is this farms. Thing? How big are we talking? Now, the one that they created is about like 20 centimeters by 20 centimeters. So it's a few oh, inches by a few inches. Uh, yeah. But they think that uh, a single sheet could be scaled up to uh, a few square meters. Um, and so what that means is you can lay out an entire grid of these. Uh, either in, in a solar farm sort of situation or mm-hmm. uh, on the top of a, of, of a building that is created to harvest this formic acid. Um, a lot of these things can be sort of, uh, it's, it's a real low-touch, low-cost way to create this stuff. Okay. Um, which is very exciting. Um, so basically it creates, and it creates almost no byproducts which is the exciting thing. And they're trying to get it down to like zero byproducts if they can. But the idea is this creates very little waste that we have to deal with. Um, and this is, we've tried to make uh, artificial photosynthesis before using basically some of the same equipment that is used in solar cells. Now, as somebody that has solar, you've got solar installed on your house, you know. I do, yeah. Solar cells is fucking pricey. That's true, Yes. And solar cells, but you know what? I'm told, Anthony, in a in a in a just a brief forty to forty five years, it pays itself back. Oh, that's the thing, man. Is like you're sitting there just taking in the same amount of electricity, and in forty to forty five years, yeah, then it's, you who, paid who's it in off. the catbird seat now. Me, me, because all that money I invested, that the the loan that I took out. 40 to 45 years ago, all of a sudden, now I'm sitting pretty. I got free energy. The world's doing great. And I'm still in this house that I'm going to die in. That's right. That's right. As it slowly sinks into the ground and you sink with it. Uh, Yeah. So that's the thing is like solar is expensive. Solar components are expensive. They're getting cheaper, but they, they are not cheap. This is this is like fraction of a fraction of the cost. It's basically like it's cobalt based and cobalt is easy to make relatively, or it's easy to, easy to farm, easy to find. This thing is easy to make. It's relatively stable. Yeah. I could find cobalt for you right now. You want some cobalt? Yeah. So easy. It's so I'll easy. Walk in I my could, backyard, get you some cobalt right now. You want some cobalt? You just reach up into a tree and you pluck it. Um, yeah, That's what everybody knows. My dad used to say cobalt grows on trees, son. Yeah, money so doesn't. Money doesn't, and that's why you got to invest in these solar cells. They pay themselves <laughs> off, uh, not not for you, but for your grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so literally wait, so, what I fucking hate about solar is that there's no reason. I mean, the reason to invest in it is literally that you want to be a good person, because yeah. like you're saying, you tell the average person it doesn't pay for itself for like another like thirty to forty years, like. You think about it and you're like, well, why would I do that then? I'll just pay the electric company. You know why I did it? I'll, t- I'll be honest with you. Uh, it, it was, you know, one part be a good person. Another part, I can just fucking relax about leaving the light on. You know, I used to be that guy who was like, oh, I got to turn everything off. I got to turn it all off. And oh, I got to uh, 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 super anxious about. It's the, the electricity bill and where's yeah. the electricity and what's what's on and what am I turning off? Is my computer, I got to put it in rest mode. All of the things I was constantly thinking, tick, 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 tick. Yeah, it's yeah, all, yeah. The, the electric bill's going up. Now I just go, it's covered. I paid for it already. It's covered, baby. I can use yeah. all the all the lights. You know, right. If I want to leave, if I want to like add more lights just to do it, we don't need more yeah. lights. I want I don't five need... lamps in the, in the living room. <laughs> exactly. I got, uh, I, I just leave a light on, on the front porch. Who cares? I have an air conditioner that blows out. It just, <laughs> yeah. blow, it just blows yeah. straight out. It's yeah, great. my dad used to say, uh, you know, close the refrigerator door, and now I just leave it open. I just leave just it leave open. Leave the refrigerator door open. Who cares? I could have, I could have gotten one of those refrigerators that has like a glass, uh, a glass door, but those cost a little bit more, and I've already paid for my electricity in advance. <laughs> exactly. So I took the doors off my fucking fridge, y'all. No doors. 
No doors. I can Suck see it, if dad. I got. A, I, I can see if I've got orange juice. I <laughs> Take do, that, Dad. Yeah, yeah. The refrigerator is now cooling my house. So Think there, it's it. constantly running. As is my air conditioning and <laughs> my heater, because that refrigerator makes it real cold in here. <laughs> so I got one of those little under desk heaters from my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, just to warm up that. my handsies and my toesies when I'm cooking. <laughs> It's, I'm a, it's a solar all man. My, I'm the solar man. It's all part of my environmentally conscious home that I built. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of what I that's that's kind of what I hate about solar is it's like I, I get what you're saying is like now you don't have to worry you don't have to have that guilt. I don't have that guilt. I do know that sometimes my bill shows up and I'm like oh fuck I'm an idiot. But like it's never to the point where I'm like ooh that's way 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 too much. Um, oh, I've I've always had that, man. I've always had the like, what can I do to reduce it? I left the thing on. I could have turned the thing off. Oh, I walk in. Oh man, my whatever is still on. Why did I I left it on overnight? I'm such an idiot. Uh, I've always had that anxiety, and I just always love min the fact maxing. That, always yeah, min maxing. Always. That's what you know. A B M M is what I ABC. always say. Always be min maxing. Um, <laughs> so, but this is this is great because. We are creating a large amount of hydro. We can create a large amount of hydrogen fuel. We can get rid of a lot of the carbon dioxide in the environment. Um, this was just. So let I me, mean, let me. Do they do they go into what kind of scale we would need to actually make an impact on the problem that we're facing very very soon here with global climate change? Are, are we talking about like vast fields of this stuff? Or are we talking about? I mean, is it? actually going need, to be scalable you're gonna it is going to be scalable you are going to need large fields and large surfaces of it especially at first but the idea is that hopefully just like solar cells you know in the last 10 20 years the efficiency of solar cells if you got solar 10 years ago versus solar now on the top of your house like you can tell the difference like when you're driving yeah. through a neighborhood like the people who got solar 10 years ago their entire roofs are covered that's right. like it's like a whole thing um, yeah. And then people who are getting it now, they have like smaller panels of more efficient cells. And it's so like the a idea, dude that got the first satellite dish. It was like yeah. 30 feet wide and not, and then some, you know, just like 10 years later, teeny little uh, direct TV dishes everywhere. And then yeah. the dude with the 30 foot wide satellite dish is like, ah, oh, Christ, I got this thing still. It's got to rotate. I only get I only get this channel at this time of day. Yeah. You remember that? Like early oh, satellite yeah. people, they were like, oh, we totally. get this weird. I remember my friend, his dad had satellite TV. Uh, and it was one of the first people to get it. And they did. They had the big dish. And then they also had the front projection TV with the three bulbs. And oh, I remember wow. We, we weren't allowed to play Nintendo on it because it would break it. it. It would burn it in like in it, four seconds. It has one score in the upper left. And you're going to see that for the rest of that TV's life. Oh, yeah. It was like, you cannot put the you cannot put the Nintendo on it. And we were like, but Mario would be so big. And he's like, don't you <laughs> fucking even. I swear <laughs> to God. He's like, don't even plug it in for a minute when I'm gone just to see. I am telling you but he had the big he had the big dish and like the i remember there was a system where you had to like rotate to coordinate sometimes oh, yeah. we like had you, that we had i grew up we had you that really too. yeah we did and in fact we could watch we, we would watch monday night football and they would because it was a live broadcast they would pitch to to um to a commercial and then the local affiliates would insert the commercial but we were intercepting the satellite feed before it got to the local affiliates. So they would pitch to a commercial and what we would see is just the camera still on in the booth. So oh, we yeah. would be watching these guys who thinking that they're not being broadcast to anybody cursing and, you know, just talking about wow. what, you know, planning things for the next break and all that stuff. It was really wild as a kid do watching you, that. Do you think that, that had a, a major sort of impact on your wanting to go into the industry, like seeing the behind the curtain of that. You know, that's a really interesting question. I think it probably must have, right? Because I saw it as demystified, right? It was, it was an accessible thing. There's just people. Yeah. And I remember it having a big impression on me that they, you know, they were doing a thing and then they stopped doing a thing and then they went back to doing a thing. Like it was, it wasn't that they were these these personas all the time, and I think right. that probably did have a big effect on me. Yeah, it was wild. I know for me, it had a, it had a big effect on uh, you know how much I just love weird 
not weird, weird is the word I used to use, but like culturally different foreign media, things that come from different influences, things that come from right. different, like shows that people would put on in other countries where like, if you put them on in America, you'd be like, why? And like yeah. being able to see weird stuff, like that different stuff all the time on my friend's satellite dish, even though we couldn't understand it. Cause you could be like, oh, you can catch like Japanese TV or German TV if you turn it this way at this time of day. Yeah. And I just remember being like, this is wild. The TV is different everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it opens um, your eyes. So just like that early that early satellite dish, early solar panels, other early technology, uh, this is going to have to be, you know, increased. This is, they just got this working, right? Another thing right. that they're really worried about, or not worried about, but they do mention is kind of an afterthought here, which I think is very funny, is like, we do want it to make us something that's a bit more st- a fuel that's a bit more stable, right? Like they, oh. they're like <laughs> they're like you know something that we can transport a little easier than like formic acid or fucking hydrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got just like canisters of hydrogen everywhere now, yeah. and uh, basically our gi- our 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 farms here are just giant bombs at this point. We are yeah. So, uh, so they're like, could be a problem. <laughs> we, we do. We are looking into ways to make it make other stuff. We're looking into ways to make it more efficient. But I think this is really fascinating because yeah. if you think about a, you know, think about a building, you know, in addition to solar or something like that, think about a, a bill, you know, and these these tiles that we're seeing, these concrete tiles that can absorb and kind of get a little bit of solar energy or electricity. Imagine something that can also walls that can also create fuel. Uh, a fuel refinery building that is built out of materials that make the fuel. Like that is that is a huge, huge yeah. change. That's like, wild. There's that's the, the, a, the, yeah, the idea of that and that that may be how you make buildings going forward. It it it, it could revolutionize even cities now i'm imagining it as like a rural thing because you're talking about farms and big fields of this stuff Mm -hmm. but if you if you make it the the roofs of buildings if you if we pack cities with this stuff it could be a it could be a really interesting vision of the future yeah it's another step towards that sort of living living city that uh i'm always like hoping that we get closer and closer to which is you know the the sides of the building are 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 not just like green walls, but they're also green walls with that webbing that um, absorbs particulate matter, right? And right, yeah. the tops of the building are, are solar panels and maybe these panels that are like, and, and a thing where like every structure has something built in where it provides for itself and it provides everything it needs. These, these autonomous units yeah, that are yeah. clean self-sufficient. And this yeah. very solar punk idea of the future, right? Which totally. I've been very into lately. So I love seeing things like this. I love that they've created something that's very affordable. Like I said, the last version of this that was created was um was called uh, I believe the the digital leaf, and it was uh it was made out of mostly solar panel stuff. So mm. so it was expensive. So seeing something like this is a huge step forward. I just, I don't know, man, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for the living cities. I, I think we need some kind of optimism in, in this regard, you know, especially because it, it's seeing how poorly the world and more particularly our country of America has dealt with a global crisis and you see climate change being on the horizon. It just feels like, man, we need to have some sort of sense of optimism about some way to manage that because it just it just seems so bleak to me yeah and i mean the trick of this is always like what i love about this is the trick of it is yeah we all want led lights but we don't want led lights until they're cheap and cool right right like like the led lights were available for a very long time but people didn't want to buy them because they were expensive and then all of a sudden it's like well if you buy this one it turns different colors and it's cheaper now and then yeah. people are like, oh, okay, I'll do that. Or like solar stuff uh, or connected house stuff, uh, people don't really care about until it like trickles down to like Ikea has a line of environmentally conscious electronics now. Right. And so now people buy it. And, and that's the thing is it just needs to get to the point where it's cheap, accessible, and cool. And then people will want it. Right now, it's at the point where you have to explain to the average person that they're going to be paying off solar cells for 40 years. Right. And I, I mean, obviously we're exaggerating that, but it, yeah. it, it, it is a, 
it is not an obvious gain. It is not an apparent and immediate improvement in your life, which is why it it has not been adopted more than right. it has. Nobody but, wanted an electric car until Tesla made a cool electric car. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, so this is the cheap. This is the cheap thing that could be the cheap cool thing, and I'm very excited about that. Hey, you know what else is a cheap cool thing, Jeff? Us. That's right. This fucking show is a cheap cool thing. So uh, cheap. We're, we're cheap. The show, mm-hmm. I think, when we come together, is pretty cool. But it, I, I think, Jeff, can I tell you my theory? Please. Has, has very little to do with us. Oh well, then okay. <laughs> but the show is cool. I think. No, I agree. I think. I think the show is cool. But uh, you're right. It is. Uh, we are just riding the coattails of this uh, cool community that we're a part of. Uh, that sort of a, it, it constructed itself around us. Like yeah. you know how like something you ever seen that time lapse video where the the thing dies and then like all the shit cool maggots and stuff are just kind of and then flowers. Yeah, and then flowers. We're the carcass in this analogy. Listen, I've said it a hundred times. I am nothing more than a walking carcass. Um, (laughs) My therapist tells me to stop saying that, and I tell him to look in the mirror and tell me if he doesn't see a walking carcass, Mm. um, because that's humanity. But the best of the walking carcasses are definitely part of this community of concerned citizens. Uh, And one of the things that is really, really... uh, kind of humbling is that you have all supported this show for so long yeah um, it really is even when we were gone for two years mm-hmm. the you you stuck around and you kept waiting for us to return and then we did and wow we, wow and as always uh the only way that we are able to make this show is because uh, you all stuck around and you all have supported us. And one of the ways to support us is through Patreon. If you head to yeah. patreon.com slash we have concerns and uh, give a little bit of uh, give a little bit of money. We know money is weird right now. We mm-hmm. get it. Money is freaking weird right now. Uh, oh, yeah. But if you have a buck or two to spare, we would really appreciate it if you uh, if you helped us out in creating the show because this is the only way we make money off the show. And this is uh, a major uh, a major method of employment for the two of us uh, during this uh, weird money global crisis time that we're in. Yeah, and we want to give you something in return if you're giving us value. Uh, even just a buck or two uh, is super appreciated. And so we want to appreciate you in return. Uh, you can join our Discord and be part of this community of walking carcasses who uh, Mm -hmm. spend some of their time uh, describing life, sharing stories, having a great old time in the Discord. It's a private Discord server, and there are fantastic folks. You can be a part of that. You can hang out with us. We do uh, live hangouts, and we do extra bonus content. We do extra episodes. The stuff that you hear at the beginning of the show is like a full episode. You only hear a snippet of it on the show, but it's a whole conversation that we give to people that support us on Patreon. That's right. So head to patreon.com slash we have concerns. And hey, if money is weird, we understand it. We would appreciate it if you shared out a link to the show today, told a friend about the show, uh, shared a clip from the show. All of that stuff is super, super helpful. Word of mouth is uh one of the best is one of the best things on the internet and maybe the only good thing left about the internet is we can share (laughs) is we can share cool shit yeah indeed hey anthony um i've kind of been on the lookout for stories that that you will love i've decided i'm going to try to i'm going to try to uh find out the stories that anthony most loves and i found one interesting what what brought this about uh, you know, we're searching for positivity. We're searching for some, uh, some joy and there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of bleakness in the world. And, you know, I want to, I want to find some stories that maybe are in your wheelhouse. I can bring to the table that maybe you didn't see and we can talk about them because, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta hang on to the, to the joy yeah, as much as we can. This is, uh, this is in direct, uh, opposition to our previous, uh, our previous policy, which was bring the story that will annoy the other person the most. Yes. Well, we still do that on occasion. Still That's, that on there's occasion. still a lot of fun. But I, <laughs> but I like what? this. I like and this. And you know what? Maybe in attempting to bring you joy, I will fall into the annoying thing. It's anybody's guess at this like point. That thing, so, like that thing where uh, you get a gift for a friend and you think it's the perfect gift, but it's like it's like too dialed into something about them. Yeah. And you've gone like too far. Yeah. And they fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where we sit on the spectrum. Uh, but I know you love your dogs. Uh, you love, love your puppies. Dogs. Puppy dog, dog puppies. And I got a really interesting puppy dog, dog puppy story for you. Right. Uh, this actually was sent to us by Brian, the city towns. Whoa. Uh, our, our friend, uh, really stalwart. Submitter. Stalwart. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, we, uh, we got this sent to, um, we have concerns show at gmail.com, which is a great place to send stories. If you would like to send us a story, this is a story about a puppy dog who just happens to be 14,000 years old. That's right. A 14,000 no, year old no, puppy. No, you were watching Futurama. You, what? this is not science. That's an episode of Futurama. You, you mm. fucked up. But the dog is, it's no, amazing. I get it. the, dog, it, the dog waits outside the pizza parlor. I know. I know. I get it. It's a beautiful uh, animated dog. No, I no? get it. I, no, I cry. I cry every time I see that episode. I genuinely do. <laughs> no, this is a legitimate 14,000-year-old uh, puppy that we found uh, frozen in the tundra in Siberia, in Tumat, Siberia. Fought him out, played some Frisbee with him. Yeah. He just had a great old time with this uh, this puppy dog. All he wanted, he'd waited. It was like the Captain America of dogs, you know? He just, he fell into a frozen lake of ice, and then uh, they thawed him out, and now he's uh, the Avenger of catching Frisbees. That's, Love it. Uh, no, uh, so we, no. Fa- we found we a little We found puppy. this dog. We, we pulled him out. It's, it's a remarkably well-preserved dog. Fur, I mean, it looks like uh, dead, but fully... Uh, preserved dog. It's pretty, pretty extraordinary in that regard. Wow. Well, does the, it look much different than a modern dog? It doesn't actually look much different. I mean, it's it's dead and a bit shriveled, sure. so doesn't look great. But it That's looks fair. like a. It's a small puppy. It's clearly a not fully grown dog. They actually aren't one hundred percent sure it's not a wolf, but uh, it it's very small. If if it's a wolf, it's a cub. Right. If it's a wolf, it's an adorable one. We'll tell you that much. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's a so, wolf. That's a wolf that wants a belly scratch. That's what that wolf is. Yeah. It Who's wolf. an apex predator? Ah, why is he on my Who's neck? An apex predator? <laughs> they're it's actually an apex not. They're not. They're not actually apex predators. They're more scavengers. Well, I think this is exactly what we're going to be talking about I here. I apologize to everyone. Yeah. Well, you get. So they have been doing some DNA research on this thing, and they cut it open, and they found. A smaller puppy. Well, it's even cooler than that, actually. They found the last meal this thing had (gasps) still undigested in its tummy. And it was a a 14,000-year-old squirrel, and it it, it popped out with a little top hat, and it came over. (laughs) Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. (laughs) No, that's Spaceballs, Anthony. I've seen that, and that scene always makes me cry. Yeah, <laughs> every time. <laughs> every time. Every uh, time. No, so because that little guy out. is going to be a star <laughs> someday. Uh, they pull it out. They pull out the the this hunk of meat that actually still has fur on it. It's that undigested, and it has yellowish fur. So they assume that it maybe has. It's a cave lion or something like that. Okay, and then they send it over to. The Center for Paleogenetics, which is a joint venture between Stockholm University and the Swedish Museum of Natural History. Love it. And they send it to a professor of evolutionary genetics by the name of Love Dalen. That's right. His first name is Love. Oh. Lo- so that, that scientist is Love. Yeah. That Love scientist- is my first name. Wow, that scientist isn't even looking for love because it does because they don't need to. They don't need to. Love, they are love. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so uh, they ran some DNA testing uh, and they ran it through a reference database for mitochondrial DNA from all mammals. Right. Oh, so they wow. checked that that DNA sequence against all the results of all mammals that have ever been cataloged. Hey, full stop here for a second. How fucking rad is it that that computer database exists? Oh, I know, right? Yeah. They yeah. they can just look up the DNA of every mammal? Yeah. That's It's like so it's like dope. That computer on in in uh, in every uh, you know, um like 24 or like a spy movie where they're like beep, boop, 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 
and it's just all the faces yeah, of all the people. Every, that, it's boop, every boop, mammal, boop, boop, and like they're holding up like they're they're mug shots, and they have criminal records. <laughs> exactly, it's like platypus or a uh, platypus. Platypus is a mammal. Is it a mammal? Was a ter- yeah, that was a terrible pull that my brain went to. Um, anyway, I ruined that. That's basically what they did, though. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they. <laughs> they uh they I found felt like you actually picked it up buddy i believed in you on that i one. thought for a second i should and then i went eh, fuck right. it yeah, it wasn't gonna fine. be that funny that's anyway. your choice it was and so, i respect it this thing comes back the mammal database comes back with an almost perfect match for woolly rhinoceros it's a chunk Whoa. of undigested woolly rhinoceros now a woolly rhinoceros that thing no longer no longer walks the earth but when it did it was fucking huge it was big boy it was the size of what we see as a rhinoceros today It, it was about the same size it just had a lot of fur on it it was a massive creature that this tiny little puppy dog ate some of so there's a lot of theories as to yeah. How did woolly mammoth parts get into a puppy dog? Immediately, my brain goes to like an old school Ray Harryhausen, <laughs> like claymation battle between a woolly rhinoceros and like eight to 10 prehistoric wolves slash dogs, right? Yeah. And like, and like, and like they're moving in that like claymation Harryhausen way, and the, and the bat, and the music is like, <laughs> and yeah, like you see a, the, you see the mammoth like or not mammoth the rhinoceros and then like two dogs are in front of it uh you know distracting it while the third dog jumps up from its back and it goes and it tries to spin around and then the first two would jump on its back again and it's just overwhelmed it's yeah. so big you can't imagine that dogs would be able to take down a woolly rhinoceros but <laughs> Yeah, and then Jason and the Argonauts show up for some reason. For some reason, or Hercules. (laughs) Um, So the coolest thing about this is that we know this this skin, this rhino skin, this woolly rhinoceros skin has been dated, has been, uh, they used a, uh, uh, the the DNA was actually dated to around 14,400 years ago. Wow, yeah. And we know that woolly rhinoceri, rhinoceri? That's how we do it, right? Rhinoceroses. Rhinoceroses? Rhinocero. It's it's rhinocopodes. Is it Renice? I think it's Renice. (laughs) It's Renice Witherspoon. (laughs) Anyway, we know that they went extinct about 14,000 years ago. Okay. So this is literally one of the last woolly rhinoceroses ever inside the stomach of this adorable puppy. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Maybe the last. That wolf had, that puppy had no idea that it was eating the last of its kind, or maybe it did. Maybe maybe that's why a puppy was able to eat it, because it was like looking for all of its buddies that went extinct. You know, I was like wandering around the tundra going, mm, where's my friends? And, uh, and then there's like this pup. <laughs> and then it just sat down and didn't even have the will to live anymore. And then a puppy walked up to it and just, it was like, well, this puppy will be probably be nice to me. In this uh, situation, the woolly rhinoceros is a lot like Frankenstein. He's like, mm, puppy. Mm. And then the puppy just takes a fucking bite out of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he probably died of depression. Yeah. He died yeah. of loneliness. I, died I of also loneliness. I also think it's possible that like some of these some of these dogs and puppies were just like they knew it was the last of its kind and they like made a big deal of it. Like they got off on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh Like you're one of the a- you're this is like like one of those secret underground like dinner dinner clubs that yes. eats like endangered food, like endangered yeah. animals. Yeah. You're like, hey, hey puppy, you want the you want to have the last woolly rhinoceros? Whoa. Yeah. No, yeah. You can, that's not you, really. Nah, you're oh, fuck, yeah. Nah, you're fucking it. with me. I got you're it. You're fucking with me. That's just, that's just regular rhinoceros meat. 
No, no, look, look, it's still got hair on it. Look, it's woolly. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna how how much? All of all of all of the puppy dollars. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the ball today. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's why that's why we're an award winning podcast of comedy. Um so and there's science. some theories. There's some theories about from the uh, Center for Paleogenetics. Some theories uh, about why this puppy dog had a woolly mammoth in it. Oh, by the way, the yeah. puppy died right after eating the rhino because Ooh. that's the only way we even have the undigested rhino meat in the right. puppy stomach. That so, like, sense. who got the last laugh? You know, the the mammoth. The, the the woolly rhino or or the the fucking puppy you know what i'm saying cuz that puppy may have eaten that really rare woolly rhino meat but yeah. then the woolly rhino meat maybe was the cause of the demise we don't know they definitely yeah what if that mammoth meat made the puppy sick and that's why puppy died well that's one of the big theories is that the o- one of the only re- ways that they think that this thing would have even been able to eat this is if it came across one already dead so maybe this thing died from some horrible it was Reason, already maybe decomposed it was, too much. Yeah. yeah, it was already, uh, you know, toxic to the puppy. And the puppy was like, oh, free, free meat. And uh, you never eat free meat. That's what I always was told. I was told to always eat free meat. If you see meat, you, you eat it. Eat the it's meat. Like, you eat the meat. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not if you're a 14,000 year old puppy. I've never paid for meat in my life. And I'm only sick 362 days of the year. I'm fucking healthy as hell. So, Anthony, I got another story. If you want to, uh, if this one didn't hit the mark, I got another uh, story that Wait. might be more in your wheelhouse. Are you feeling? Are you feeling like that story didn't hit me right? I don't know. You tell me. Were you expe- were you expecting more out of me? What were you expecting? This I knew you, this. You, listen, this is not just a podcast. This is not just a show, Jeff. This is a relationship. I agree. If you're not, if you're not getting from me what you need out of the relationship, I want you to tell me what could I, what could I have done? Because I did enjoy the story. I thought it was very fascinating. What could yeah. I have done to make you feel more like your story was appreciated? Uh, I think you did a fantastic job. I am. I appreciated uh, ridiculing me when my jokes didn't land. Uh, okay, that was my my favorite part. That's um, okay. Now, to be fair, you ridiculed yourself first. That's true. <laughs> but I always do. <laughs> um, um, no, there was nothing wrong with the story. I just realized that there isn't much more to it. And I have another story that also doesn't have a lot to it, but okay. may be in your wheelhouse, particularly this week. Okay. Uh, pa- Patreon listeners will have a unique uh, insight into why this this makes sense as to a, a story but three story week. Okay, let's do it. Let's do hey, three I story thought, week. Why not? I'll give it a shot. We'll see how we, we see how it goes. You know, maybe this could be the new normal. Let's see. This one was sent to us by guess who? Catherine Tuck. Oh, the mighty eagle. The mighty eagle. She sent us a story about researchers who have figured out a way to clone keys. Using only the sound of the key being inserted into the lock. I saw this story in the Discord. I did. I do think this is fascinating. I do think this is fascinating. There is a story before the episode. You can probably guess what happened to me this week. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought this was fascinating because if I, I, I only, I only took a look at the top line of it. But it, it seems like they've, they've found a way. Like you could record somebody opening a lock with your phone. And yep. based on the sound of the key in the tumbler, just with that recording on your phone, they could cut you a new key. That's right. So basically what happens is when you push the key into the lock, it moves the pins. That's how a key works. It slides yeah. the grooves in the key, slide pins into new positions. And the clicking sounds of that process happening can be reverse engineered into the same key. They've come up with this process. In fact, it's a, a software that they've uh, wow. called, that they've written, and they call it Spiky, which is, I think, pretty clever. Spiky. Yeah. Uh, and so here's how it works. In a standard six-pin lock, there are 586,584 possible 
key combinations. Wow. So, so any six pin lock can have that number of possible keys in the world that and only one of them would work. So wow. Spiky, this software, works on only 56% of those locks. So it's not 100%, but the, you know, 56% of that number is 330,424 potentials, right? So yeah. of, of the all of the six pin locks in the world, which is usually what you have if you have a front door lock or whatever you're imagining of a key sliding into a lock. Okay. 330,424 of those combinations is susceptible to spiky. And what what you do with spiky is it listens to the thing and then it it pops out a possible number of potential keys, right? 94% of that 330,000 number can be reduced to 10 candidate keys. And most of those can be reduced to just three possible keys. So it's still—it's not just like, listen to the sounds, get you the perfect key. You still have a few possible, but almost all of them, of this 54%, so it's a little more than half of the number of potentials in the world, could be reduced to three possible clone keys one of which is guaranteed to work that's fascinating i mean right? yeah to to even get down to to 10 or 3 is like is crazy because once it shows you those three keys you can be like you can go somewhere and be like okay well print me these three keys go back to that door and just fucking open it yeah that's crazy isn't that wild so the the only catch here is that so far spiky only works with high quality audio so it's not okay. like the kind of thing where you could like hack into somebody's phone in their pocket and pull the audio of them putting a key in. It really has to be right. recorded pretty high fidelity. How did but, you know I was thinking? How did you know I was thinking about planning a heist? How did you know? You <laughs> son of a bitch. I mean, this, you son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> well, let's do it. I mean, we've let's been wanting do to do it. a heist for so long. You know, it's about we've been time talking we about a it. Heist. We've been, you know, we've been planning two things. We've been planning a vacation and a heist. And I think it's yeah. I think we should do both at once. I think we should combine them. <laughs> you should, we should have a destination heist? A destination you're, heist. You're I, know it's, I know it's tougher for the crew, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Than doing a local well, heist. Well, you know, we can hire locally. You can hire local with, uh, you know, you, you go into town and you find your best safe man. You find your best getaway driver locally. And then we don't I have don't to know. pay travel. I just, I want all of my, I want all of my best cronies with me when, when we pull off our heist. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I want to know. I want to know that the cronies that have meant so much to us are going to make it. And I know that a destination heist makes it hard, but I think all of the most important henchmen will come. But don't you think that if we make this one last score, uh, one of our <laughs> one of our known cronies, one of our best guys, is is inevitably going to turn out to be a traitor who betrays us at the last second and tries to take all the all the all the prize? I mean. It wouldn't be a heist if it if it didn't, you know. I, yeah. I don't know that I would want to do a heist. Here's the thing: everybody says that they want to do a heist that goes off without a hitch, but I'll tell you what: it's the hitch that makes the heist. <laughs> the hitch makes the heist. You know what that's, I mean? That's so true. That's spoken like a like a guy planning to turn on his cronies. <laughs> wow! You sound like uh, you're the traitor. I'm sorry, is what you're I'm breaking saying. up. Your mic is that you're having problems right now, and it's weird. I think you are the hitch that's going to make the heist. You know? <laughs> hey. That's the nicest thing you ever said to me. Uh, well, let me let me ask you this, Jeff. What is what is the legal and useful application of Spiky? I guess you lose your keys. I guess, but once no, you lost you your, lose key, your it's keys, it's too late. Uh, or either that, or you make the the, you recording, make the recording in advance. Yeah, you get that wow. high. You know, like that's what they always say. Is you know, you, you know. You got to uh, take a picture of 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 your uh, I don't know your driver's license. I don't know. What do you take a picture of that you need to keep? Take three a picture three, of your three for three, baby. <laughs> I'm not having a good day. <laughs> I'll be honest. My son was up a number of times last night, and I did I, not get a lot of sleep. I can tell you're a little, I can tell you're a little frazzled today. Little I can loopy tell you're today. A little frazzled. Um, uh, but, but they I tell you well. to record. You got to record your lock. You know, you got to record yeah. your lock. And uh, that was the one I decided to salvage. By the way, um, 
Well, that's the thing. The, it's like the, it's like when it's like when uh, it's like when you see how much it costs to get like hard drive like retrieval like file oh, yeah. retrieval software, and then it's like a hundred dollars for this software. It's like, well, they fucking got you, man. You didn't make the backup. You got to make the backup. You got to make yeah, the backup. This is the backup. You got to record your lock when you first move in. <laughs> I guess. I guess the, the easier way would just to be make a copy of the key and hide it somewhere. <laughs> Can but, I tell you or something? Or you can make a recording and then three possible candidates later. Can I tell you something, Jeff? <laughs> you like, have the key. Just copy the key. Yeah, but like I've made a copy and I can't get the copy for whatever reason. One backup, listen, one backup means you have no backups. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. You got to have redundancy. Ba- three backups means you have a backup, you know? <laughs> exactly. So like you have a key, you give it to your friend. You have a key maybe in like a little hide a key box somewhere. And then you've got the spectral audio recording of your key. Yeah. You know, you know what's good about the audio recording is that you can keep it in the cloud, right? So that you got it anywhere, right? You, you lose and your then key. Anybody, yeah. And then anybody can get, you can share it with anyone. Yeah. You can put yeah, it just, in your you, Dropbox. You're, uh, you're on vacation, you know, doing a heist and you, you, you got to, you forgot to water your plants. You forgot that All you locked you your do, dog in there. <laughs> you just, you just email your neighbor the spectral audio file of your lock sounds. <sighs> this Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Because this cannot be made in advance, because you have to get a recording, I can only assume that this is to be used for entirely nefarious purposes. This is primarily for international espionage is what this is for love honestly this and isn't i love even that they're like, coming right out and they're saying this is spy shit baby yeah because i mean a lot of people pointing out here in the article that you know you can pick these locks it's not like these but locks you can't are not pick your friends <laughs> yeah this, this, is, <laughs> this is or your enemies actually and that's why we need it for international espionage yeah but this would be like for being able to get in and out of something without the time it takes to pick the lock, right? You get to, you get to, you need to make the key and get in and out. This is the cool moment where, you know, um, Tom Cruise has to just get the audio recording. He's got that cool mask where he looks like anybody. And, uh, you know, Simon Pegg shows him that all you got to do is stick this little doodad right there. And it takes the audio recording. And then later they can make the key and then you don't have to pick the lock. You just walk right in with your cool Tom Cruise mask on. And everybody that would be thinks you're the lowest tech thing that's ever happened at a Mission Impossible. Movie. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's that's actually some Mission Impossible one shit. Like you, could, yeah. you couldn't get away with that in Mission Impossible. Now, now in Mission Impossible, like Ethan Hunt, Hunt. Ethan yeah. Hunt, Tom Cruise. He's just yeah. Tom Cruise. That's why uh, I said Tom Cruise. Ethan, Ethan Hunt just has like a little little chip that he puts on a door that somehow physically moves a lock. Like they don't yeah. even explain it. They're just like, Simon Pegg just gives him this little chip and he's like, it's a little chip and it looks like a mole on your cheek. And yeah. you take the mole off your cheek and you put it on the lock and it just opens the door. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you just Cindy Crawford that door right open, baby. Cindy Crawford it open. Um, yeah, this is entirely espionage related and I love this and I love that they have the, um, I love that they have the, the, the brazenness to just come out and be like, we made this thing. It's for, yeah, we stealing. Made it. it's for stealing and hacking. <laughs> yeah. It's for getting into a place where nobody wanted you to be able to get into that place. So, I mean, I guess here's my thing. That's, this is more of a social engineering thing, right? So you're, you're, you, this is a door that you can walk up to with the person who has the key and it would not be weird. Right? right. So like, you know, and then they open the key, they open the door with their key. You're recording it. You can come back later. Right. Um, but I wonder, like, if you're good with picking a lock, though, let's say I called a locksmith this week. Let's say it's a story you can listen to on the Patreon thing. <laughs> um, let's say I had to call a locksmith this week. Let's say he popped my lock open in, like, eight seconds. Yeah. Like, how much easier is it to make a spectral record audio recording, get a key made off-site, come back, right. and open? You know what I mean? Versus this dude who can pop a lock in eight seconds. Yeah, I like dudes that can pop and lock. Uh, yeah, and they and they can break and freak. <laughs> Here's your door; it's open right now. Yeah, the yeah. um that now the, that's a heist. That you that's know what I a mean? heist. Popping and locking your way into like a into like a <laughs> locked museum. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, you can't come in here. 
like karate like does the uh, does the thing where you charge the other guy up <laughs> but knocks him out knocks out the yeah. guard boop, yeah. boop, 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 popping and locking through a laser grid lenny uh you weren't responding on the on the radio are you oh look at those moves <laughs> head spinning into a vault yeah i love it uh no, you're right. This is highly impractical, and yet you got to imagine that there's some cool use for it. Also, I got to imagine that later versions of this thing are going to be you just tap into somebody else's phone, right? We just yeah. listen to the person's phone in their pocket. So I don't ever have to have been there. I just First listen step, to your phone in your yeah. pocket, and I record your phone on your lock, and now I have a key to your house. For sure. First step is getting that algorithm working 100% of the time, right? And yeah. I think that's with high quality audio. And then it's working on it's working on getting it done with compressed audio, which I would imagine would have to be hard because um, those are some subtle sounds. Subtle sounds, yeah. Um, yeah, and then step three, of course, is hiring the guys and organizing all the travel for the sure. destination heist. Sure, and like getting them to come back after they retired. And then, yeah, you know pulling them I mean? out of retirement. Oh, there's a, so many conversations. And then you, you meet their kids, right? You didn't know they had kids. Yeah, and they're Man. out of life. And you feel a little guilty because, like, this could be a big deal, you know? But there's nobody, nobody drives cars like Sammy. No. You know? If, if, Sammy, if, Sammy, doesn't, if Sammy doesn't do it, the whole thing doesn't work. It falls apart. Yeah. And we don't want to draw you back into our criminal web. We know you got out of trouble. We know you, we know you went straight. But, like, this could be a big score. Sammy, I I really hope you aren't the one that catches the bullet. We're going this time. to we're going to break into a hardware store and steal all their blank keys because <laughs> we're gonna fucking need them. We're gonna we're gonna need them. We're gonna need these keys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is really cool. I love this, but I I'm I'm also interested in I'm I'm more interested in using subtle sounds like that and what other things we could identify and what other uses could be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of interesting. You want to like, use it could, for the powers of good. Yeah, like, could we find out, like, could we use it to find out if there's something wrong mechanically with, with like, cars or planes or something like that by, by certain sounds the engines oh, are making? Can you imagine like if you just, like, place your your phone on the hood of your car and then it diagnoses your car? Like, what's that weird squeaking noise? Put your phone on the hood of your car and, the, and then it just, like, loads up that episode of The Car Guys. You know, That's it just plays it, yeah. the podcast. It doesn't, it doesn't actually diagnose it or like order a part for you or anything. It just plays click and clack arguing about something <laughs> from an episode that's relevant to your car. Yeah. yeah. NPR should really get on that, you know? Yeah. It seems like they're just leaving a lot of money on the table with that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do, I do think this is interesting and I wonder what other things could be, what other subtle things could be identified and what other uses could be made for it. I also think there is a future, Jeff, where we are we are uh, we've got portable 3d printers pocketable oh 3D yeah printers. yeah and, when, and like maybe you call maybe when you do call a locksmith they take they, they're able to they're able to make extra keys but no they need the recording in advance never mind so the, big the recording for in me, advance is the weird thing about this <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's highly impractical but there's yeah. some spy shit that'll happen you know oh, yeah. there's some spy shit dude there's spy uh, shit happening every day all around us that's what i've my, learned from movies my biggest question to you, Anthony, yeah, is uh, which of these two stories is closer to the mark? Which is which? Which Ooh, one is a Carboni special? Who who hit my who hit my heart? You were you were the mighty eagle. Yeah, I don't. Man, Brian Towns is... or Catherine Tuck? Catherine. Uh, oh man, I got to vote between the city and the eagle. Yeah, baby. I can't. I can't choose between my children. You can't make me do that. <laughs> No, not neither one of the stories have felt better to you. No, neither of them was more in both, along both the lines of your interests. Both interesting. Both made me. Both made me question some things. Uh, one made me picture Ray Harryhausen. The other made me picture uh, a, a, a Christopher McQuarrie movie. So yeah. I think, like, I think it's, a, I think it's a tie. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a very, a very specific tie. All right. Well, that's great. Well, the I guess the only takeaway then is that I, uh, I really was not on my game tonight. Why, so why is why that. is that the takeaway? I, uh, why is that? Hey, buddy. Uh, uh-uh. uh. You know, I'm I not gonna let you. Uh, I'm not gonna let you talk to talk about my friend Jeff like that. Well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't uh-uh. bring it. You brought two. You brought two great stories. 
selected by two great members of the community. You're right. You showed up. You're right. You did the reps. You did the work. We had fun. You know what? What what else is there to do? I think the the real heist was that you stole my heart. Whoa. (laughs) And on that, we will bid you a fond farewell and tell you to give us money at patreon.com slash we have (laughs) concerns. Give us your money. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>